Welcome to Lifestyle Solopreneur, the community for entrepreneurs who put lifestyle first. Join your host, Flavia Barris, as she interviews successful lifestyle solopreneurs and shares ideas to help you find the perfect balance between lifestyle, business, and self. Flavia is an attorney, marketing expert, and founder of several online academies. She's been featured in major media, including BBC World News, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Post, ESPN Television, and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Amy Gretschmiel. She is a former Fortune 500 VP turned corporate mom coach. She's taken her passion for mentoring and personal growth to help working mothers reduce stress and overwhelm and experience more balance, presence, and ease in both their personal and professional lives. She guides women to get clear on their desired outcomes so they may leave a lasting legacy for their family and make an impact in their career. She's action-oriented. She's helped hundreds of individuals reach their goals. And she herself has overcome personal and professional challenges, as well as helping her mentees do the same. Welcome to the show, Amy. Hi, Flavia. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. So tell us a little bit about what it is you do day-to-day. Like, how would you describe your current career? Sure. So I am corporate mom coach. It's a title I created for my business uh, when I left corporate. And my day-to-day is around coaching corporate women, basically to really create different results in their life, whether that's in their career or in their family life or with their personal life or their health and wellness. Or oftentimes it's really just a blend of like all of the above. And to just really get intentional with their desired outcomes and kind of shift out of stress and overwhelm and into a more balanced and fulfilled lifestyle. So right now, kind of circulating around the interwebs, there's this funny article and it's, uh, I guess it started off as a, one of those discussion forum posts. It's called Reddit. You know, a lot of people read Reddit and it's where people just post questions and Somebody posted a question and said, am I a jerk? My long-term girlfriend and I, we're not married, but we're sort of common law. We split everything pretty much 50-50 on income and expenses. And we each have our own money, but we split all of our expenses. Anyways, we've decided maybe to have a kid. And now she's telling me that I have to like contribute towards her lost income because she's going to have to take some unpaid time off work and also make less in the future. And I'm not sure that's really fair. I mean, she's having our kid, like she should be happy to do it. And doesn't seem like it would be an imposition or something I should have to compensate her for. And I mean, I don't know the the wrong or right answer to that, but I just thought it was a very funny way to sort of put a flashlight on what do moms do? You know, what does it cost a mom in terms of health and time and energy and focus to become a mom and have kids, mm. especially in a society where it's still a little bit lopsided. We don't really have the whole like everyone is perfectly like equal in parenting tasks and burden and all that. Have you seen or read this article? And if not, that's fine. I don't think it's that (laughs) commonly widely spread yet. But um, what do you think about those thoughts? So I have not heard about this. This is fascinating. And in a way I'm not, there is some truth to what was described in that, you know, and I think we're seeing this now with the great resignation, right? And that a lot of women are leaving their careers due to the pandemic to care for the family and the household and all the things. And so oftentimes it tends to be more of the the woman who t- 
takes that or who makes that shift in her life. Now, whether or not she wants to really, or it's just kind of works out that way, someone has to do it. um, That's what's really happening. And because women leave the workforce or take breaks from the workforce throughout their careers, whether it's to have children or to raise children or whatever, this is oftentimes why women are compensated lower than men, because when they leave to take those breaks, they're they're losing the cumulative effect or impact of year over year raises and bonuses and things like that. There's a, there's so much more like stopping and starting, stopping and starting. And so that has an impact in, in one's career. But the inter- the story you shared is is very interesting. I I think that gentleman should absolutely pay half for his own child. <laughs> but I do think women tend to take I don't want to say, well, I'll say more of the family responsibility when it comes to childcare um, related activities. More of the time, that is what I see. Now, there are things we can do about that. I mean, often involves like open communication with your partner or your spouse or your leadership, you know, to really uh, establish support systems in place to help support the working woman so that she's able to be both fulfilled at work and at home. Then when people come to you and they're like, I am a working mom and I am bonkers right now. I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. They come to you for help. What are some of kind of the easy quick fixes where you're like, okay, before we work on the deeper stuff or, you know, the things that take more time to sort of implement or, or the mental work is more elaborate. What are some of the quick wins that you can share maybe a couple here on the show to help any, not just working moms, but really a working person who's listening to this episode and thinking, Hey, those are some good tips. What are some of that? What's that low hanging fruit? Yeah. So two points on this. The first is priorities, right? If you don't have your priorities set, or if you don't know what your priorities even are, if you don't have clarity around that for not only your day, but your month, your year, your life, really, if you don't have priorities around that, you will constantly be reacting to everything. You will treat everything as equal as it comes at you throughout the day. And there's no shortage of to-dos, right? Like they're, they're actually endless. So the to-dos won't stop really until the day we die. So it's up to us to manage our mindset around what is actually most important in the moment, in each day, in each year, in our life. And so that's point number one. Point number two, I would say, is around boundaries, setting boundaries in your life. And it goes hand in hand with priorities because you have to know what your priorities are. You have to know kind of what your, what your target is each day, what's most important each day, whether that's getting a deliverable out the door for your career or picking up your son from soccer practice or going to his game or whatever it is. You have to be intentional with those outcomes for your day. And then you need to set boundaries around anything that doesn't, or set boundaries around anything that kind of gets in the way of that. And that's where I think a lot of people slip up is the boundary component. Many people think boundaries are around telling other people what they need or setting boundaries, like informing other people of their own boundaries. But the reality is boundary setting really must take place with you first. If you have a commitment to your family to 
have dinner every day at six o'clock and put your kids to bed at eight o'clock, you need to set a boundary around your work or whatever else between that between those hours, you are unavailable, right? You are unavailable. But then you must also like uphold the mindset or the mental component to yourself to like truly be present in those two hours with your family because you already spent all day focused on your work or on your career. But it's a practice and being intentional is a practice. It's something we can we can build on and exercise every day. But until we're clear about our priorities and our boundaries, we will continue to feel overwhelmed and, and stressed. That's so interesting. And I think that's really true because I know some people who will put something on their calendar that is already a, let's say a work event or a meeting. And then when something else pops up that would be a conflict, they say, no, I can't. I already have this meeting. And they sort of really respect the boundary of that work meeting and other things just get deferred or bounced or, hey, I can't do that. But if that thing on their calendar was themselves going to the gym Mm -hmm. or um, taking some time out for a walk or, you know, whatever it is that they had planned to do for themselves, if something else work-related comes along, they just automatically like bump it. Like, oh, okay. Oh, good. I was just taking a walk. Perfect. I, I can do this thing at that time because I wasn't doing anything that I can't just bounce or just delete. So the things that are self-care and the things that are reading a book or things for pleasure or just taking the time out to cook a meal instead of just picking up takeout, those things get bumped most often. And I think you're so right. The first thing is to make rules that you yourself don't break. Yes. And what I call that, Flavia, is I call that calendar integrity. And so we must be <laughs> we must be in integrity with doing what we say we're going to do, not only for other people, but for ourselves too. And to your point, I I see people, you know, if something conflicts with a time they had loosely planned to exercise or do something for themselves or whatever it is, like oftentimes, like they put themselves on the back burner, not realizing, you know, that when we don't, when we don't fill up our cup, right, we, we can't pour from it. And so there's a risk there. And I think that's why so many people this day and age are kind of depleted and kind of overworked and just really stuck in this, in this struggle mode. I wonder too, if there's like, I'm old enough that I grew up without a cell phone, right? My first cell phone, I think was right. I was just out of college or on maybe a senior last year of college. So my entire childhood and young, young adult years, I wasn't on call for anybody. Like there was no, I definitely, I had an email address in college, but I'm pretty sure I could only access it from my big giant desktop computer. (laughs) And it was, there just wasn't really a way to get a hold of me unless it was prearranged or I saw someone in person or they would call me, but there wasn't this whole text messaging, group messaging. There was no Facebook. There was no like constant barrage of not just important emails, but hey, 50% off at Bed Bath & Beyond. And, you know, all these, just a constant minute after minute of people wanting attention, you know, and as mom, as parents, I think all of us have had like a little one, like a toddler, you know, that pulls at your pant leg or your skirt and says like, mommy, 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 or dad, 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 like, in some way, the whole world is doing that to us right now. And I can Mm -hmm. see where that contributes to the sort of like, I want to tear my hair out. Like we can't continue this way. How do you insulate yourself from this like constant pull of everybody wanting a piece of you? Great question. So 
You're absolutely right. I mean, the technology that is available to us today, I believe, is is both a blessing and a curse, right? It, it's a blessing in that we are able to connect with people very easily from around the world at a moment's notice, really. We're able to receive information and consume, really just consume anything we want at our fingertips at any point throughout the day. The flip side of that is basically everything I just said. It's it's also the same. We're always, there's always something competing for our attention. There's always something competing for our attention between the notifications, the accessibility, always being on, right? The platforms, all the things. And that's not going away anytime soon. It's not going away. And that's that's okay. That's, that's fine. I'm not saying it, it should or shouldn't. But what we must do if our current situation is producing results in our life that are leaving us unfulfilled or overwhelmed or stressed, whatever it is, then we have to really, really be mindful about where we are choosing to spend our attention. There's this great quote I have on my desk. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. It says, you are where your attention is. It's so true. And so we, it's up to us, really. We must take personal responsibility around managing where we're spending our attention. Are we reacting to every notification on the phone? Are we reacting to every email that pops in, you know, every 20 seconds? It's things like that and this constant shift between tasks, which is really just like an energy drain, really, is what it is. And so, It's up to us to be really, really deliberate and intentional with how we are spending our time, where we're spending our time, and the boundaries that we're putting in place around, you know, task one, task two, task three, things like that with no other distractions because nobody else is is really going to create those boundaries for us. So it's really, really important to take that personal responsibility. I love that you mentioned stop and start because I have an analogy that's sort of similar to that. I find that we're, well, not many people today drive stick shifts, right? (laughs) Most people drive an automatic. I'm one of the few holdouts. I I had to hunt, hunt, hunt for an SUV that was a stick shift. Um, And it was some like, someone had ordered it custom or whatever. And I ended up with it because I love stick shifts, but there, it gives me something to do while I'm driving, right? So like Mm -hmm. an activity. And first gear, right, is like, that's when the engine has to work the hardest. And that's when you go from zero to like, get some momentum forward. And then the upper gears, two, three, four, five, those are a lot easier because the car is already moving. The engine doesn't have to work as hard. It's not as much wear and tear on your engine. But I feel like these days, most of us are driving in like first and second gear because we never really push enough to focus on one thing long enough to reach that flow state where it becomes easy, effortless, pleasurable, right? Because we're Mm -hmm. just shifting and stopping and braking and restarting Mm -hmm. and back to first and back to first. Mm -hmm. So I'm really on your side here. I think that is one of the main drawbacks of our society right now is that it encourages us to work in teeny tiny little stops and starts. Yeah. And there's been studies around this too. I mean, it's, it's not, (laughs) it's just not efficient. You know, I think more and more organizations are starting to see it now. Whereas maybe like 10 years ago, you know, there was this big push on like productivity experts and, you know, time management experts and things like that. And like, yes, they're still around, but now I think you're starting to see a little more of mindfulness 
in the workplace. And that's, that's kind of a layer that, that I include in my coaching as well, but it really has to start there. We, we actually don't need to do more. We actually need to do less so that we can be more efficient and more effective. And what are some of the tips you have for working moms? It could be maybe software, hardware, technology, a hack, a habit. What are a couple of sort of easy things that you endorse either as it could be a computer program, a way you do your agenda, something that people might find really helpful in getting their own lives sort of more under control so that they have more white space in their calendar? Yeah. So two things. So one, I actually highly encourage time blocking on your calendar. And, and what is that? It's, it's actually, it's actually blocking your calendar so that your time, your highest priorities are blocked on your calendar. That way you're addressing what is most important and what's going to get you furthest that day, that week, that month, whatever. That way you're spending your attention on like the things that truly matter. You can time block for, you know, things that are due at work, time block for your self-care, time block for your family time, and put all of those things on your calendar. But step two to that is, again, back to the point of calendar integrity. Once it's on your calendar, that is what you commit to. You are laser focused on that. It could be your self-care time, right? It could be that 30 minutes of self-care time that you carved out for yourself each day, which I see many women are not but it's blocking that time and then having integrity around it to actually show up for it once it's on there. And in order to show up for it though, you have to block out everything else, right? Like you have to ignore the other distractions. That means when it's time to focus on yourself or your self-care or your family, you're not responding to the text notifications. You're not responding to the email. You're not wondering about, you know, what's going on in a meeting you're not in that you already declined right? It's like truly being present for what you planned for that day. That's aligned to your highest priorities. I love that. And then software wise, anything that's either a phone app or, or something else that you've found has really helped people. So I actually find, okay, so time blocking would take place like on your calendar, whichever calendar is the most you know useful to you, whether it's your work calendar, or if you have like an integrated work and home calendar. But I actually find a lot of the time management and productivity apps and things like that, because they are on the phone, I actually find them to be more distracting than advantageous. So what I actually recommend to my clients are what I call they're, um, these timer cubes. You can get them on Amazon. And there are these little cubes that have 10, 20, 30, and 60-minute blocks on them. And so literally, you can flip the cube to the 30-minute block, and whatever your, you know, your intention was for that 30 minutes, whether it was to go for a walk outside or to meditate or do whatever it is or finish up your work project, that is what you are laser focused on for those 30 minutes. And so it really keeps you focused without the risk of other competing distractions, which may come through on your phone through an app. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of distractions, a lot of folks don't realize most of your phones, I mean, I'm talking iPhone, Android, whatever you might carry, probably have a do not disturb setting. I mean, there is a way to sort of shut off from the world for half an hour at a time. And mm-hmm. when you think about it, come on, we all take some time out where we truly are not available. You're either deep asleep or you are 
in the shower or driving and you can't look at email or text message or you shouldn't be, give yourself permission to just do not disturb for a period of time. That would be so freeing for a lot of us, right? Yes. So for everyone listening who is just loving what you are sharing and wants to learn more about Corporate Mom Coach, where would they go? How would they connect with you? Sure. So you can go to my website, corporatemomcoach.com. I have free resources on my website. You can also book a free 30-minute call with me if you're interested in chatting and learning more about my coaching programs or join my free Facebook group, which is the Corporate Mom Mindset Facebook group. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy. You are amazing. Everything you're doing out in the world right now is helping so many, not just working moms. I suspect you have a few working dads lurking among your your followers because, you know, these things are universal and they're not really gender specific. Although I agree with you a lot of times in this society, the, the sort of double duty where you're in charge of everything in the household, plus you're working full time, that does tend to fall on the moms. And um, that's pretty common out there. So thank you for everything you're doing for the moms and for the world at large. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you for having me. Guess what, lifestyle solopreneurs? If you don't yet have an online business earning you enough passive income to live the life of your dreams, I'd like to suggest you consider trying out Kajabi. Kajabi is an all-in-one solution where you can create and teach online courses, publish a paid newsletter, launch a free or paid podcast, process payments, build one-on-one coaching portals for your clients, and much, much more. I personally use Kajabi to power numerous successful and profitable online businesses. Lifestyle solopreneurs, there's a free trial of Kajabi waiting for you at this link, www.kfreetrial.com. You can try Kajabi for free, no obligation, by going to www.kfreetrial.com. Again, kfreetrial.com, and that K stands for Kajabi. Starting an online business helped me break free from that corporate grind, and I hope it does the same for you. You have nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and see you next time.